Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one of a kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book, Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Welcome once again to Wonderfully Weird Living. I am John Waters, your host, and joining me once again in studio, Pastor Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church, also author of Wonderfully Weird and Grandfather to Lily. Amen to that. That's probably your best title, right? Yes, I enjoy that (laughs) title probably most, yes. I would agree with you. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, always a pleasure to uh, be with you here in the studio as we continue to explore some very wonderfully weird topics when it comes to uh, our relationship with God and our relationships with each other. Amen. You know, uh, I got that that words on my mind today, John. Amen. Let it be. Yes. You're you're just knocking out of the park already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have another wonderfully weird topic today, and it's one that that I have really been doing a lot of studying on lately, too. So I'm very interested to hear your uh, insight into it, and that is uh, the wisdom of God and and godly wisdom. Let's put it that way. Um, And, you know, I think of James 1, 5, and and I'll throw this out there and then we'll, we'll start there. But it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you and uh, what a great promise from God that if we ask for wisdom he will give it to us yeah absolutely and how encouraging to know that he'll give generously he'll give it to a point of abundance and isn't that the kind of that narrow road we're on with with uh, being a Christian and in in that process of sanctification where we we are born into the blessings of God and then of course we grow and develop and then we find ourselves healing that's just becoming an adult in our faith where we can truly uh, understand that we do have the ability to heal ourselves spiritually and and everything that goes with that and meeting our own needs uh, and, and then helping others to do likewise but then we get to the uh, no surrendering all but once we surrender all and we empty ourselves or can I use that metaphor empty our cup if you will uh, then we have the ability to just gain God's wisdom and feel ourselves fill excuse me fill ourselves up with that wisdom where now we are truly uh now living uh with that 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 faith that hope and that love in the abundance of god and it is in that pool of abundance where wisdom sits uh it's it's a deep pool it's it's a wonderful pool and if we can get to that abundant living and understand we have that relationship with with God have the ability to connect with God and if we do our part ask then he's going to give generously without finding fault without without any judgment or anything because we are right and we're connected with him in the way the great commandment commands us we're connected properly with the the spirit of God big s there then we have the means, but now we have to have the ability. And our ability is to ask. And if we're not asking properly, and that's where we're going today with that wisdom, but 
if we don't have the ability to do that, you're not going to get wisdom. You're going to kind of stay uh, in the blessings of God. I kind of think of the prodigal son here, where we get spoiled a little bit, and we do not grow up in the faith, and we never get to the point of asking for wisdom. Hmm. I've, in visiting with you, you've talked about the two different kinds of wisdom uh, yes. from God, yes. objective wisdom and subjective wisdom. Talk about that a little bit. Well, generally speaking, if I can use that term, because when we talk about objective wisdom, we're referring to in theology would be the general revelation of God. That is uh, the proper God, if you will, in the sense of all of nature, of all in, throughout all of history, and throughout all of design, outside of you or us, we can say. Uh, it's outside that team. It's, it's gaining uh, that information, the knowledge, uh, so, so that we have a, that's our source when it comes to general revelation. And when that is revealed in the sense of how we're, we're processing that and seeing it in our mind's eye and, and truly understanding what that is in its conception and all of that, then uh, we are getting new information or objective information, or should I say knowledge, that then uh, when we apply it and we practice it, then becomes that subjective wisdom that's now in us and we're using it uh, in the sense of our design or in the sense of nature or whatever to uh, the benefit of that relationship with God and others and that's where subjective or can I say specific revelation comes into the picture so we have we have two sides uh, in the sense of our faith we have objective aspect or part of our faith and then the subjective now one is the base of who we are subjective uh, the word there, the core word is subject. I'm the subject of that relationship. God is the object okay. of that relationship. So you have subjective, a very personal relationship, and we have to get to that point. We have to become born again by changing our perspective or our ultimate view that we no longer see ourselves as worthless. Uh, you know, uh, the rent, uh, the, the, the uh, or can I use the beauty and, and beast analogy? I don't see myself or people as that beast anymore, beauty and the beast. I see you in your beauty and in the potential of who you are in the sense of that masterpiece that God designed you to be. Now we're living in that subjectively, and then we have to understand who we are in our purpose and also developing our character and also uh, really developing the fruits of the Spirit in our life. That's subjective in nature. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into as well. But we have to understand that the objective, we have to ask God uh, in, uh, we have to ask God for wisdom, but we're now referring to going outside of ourselves. And then we're learning things through creation. As uh, we talk about in our church, there's a second book called the Book of Creation. That's objective in nature. And then we have the subjective side of our relationship, specific revelation, that is revealed through Scripture, the authority, the, uh, the expertise of the Bible. Does that make sense? Let me ask you a question just to follow up on that a little bit, because there may be those who are listening who say, wait a minute. I understand the book called the Bible, but you mentioned another book. Where yes. do I find that in the bookstore? This book <laughs> of creation—that's not what you're talking about. No, it's a meta. It's a. It's a, It's a, well. It's an analogy. Let's put it that way. And it's a. It's a book that exists throughout all 
nature, throughout all history, and of course, throughout all design. So we read creation like we would read a book. That's right. And we see that beauty in the nature and we see harmony and, and the goodness of God through the goodness and, and uh, the abundance of all of that as well. And so we have to have the ability to get outside of our own subjective self. Don't forget we are subjective beings or we're the subject and we are taught things we do have relationships and we do have experiences but if we close that off that becomes closed-minded you live now in your own little uh, world your cave that's known as a fellowship if we're not careful and if we don't learn how to get outside of our fellowship or ourselves we're going to be in a very very tight narrow uh, uh, circumstance and we're not ever going to really experience the freedom of God that does exist outside of us. And to truly gain, now let's say, wisdom, where then I become mature and I'm truly living in the abundance of God. That is truly being uh, that mature Christian that understands that I'm, I'm a river, not a reservoir. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, we've got to have that that. Let's say, can, in the direction we want to go today, we do have to collect the data. We do have to gather information, and we have to get knowledge and understand what that is. But then we have to practice it where we can get wisdom. But that comes from the outside in with our authority, which is the Bible, so that then we now have a complete connection there, or should I say antithesis, I can say that, or relationship. And then it's through that relationship that we are truly growing and developing. It's, it's sanctification uh, in salvation. Yes, we're justified, but if we stop at justification and never get outside of ourselves and, and learn and understand and put trust in place in everything that the commands of Christ represent in the sense of the virtues of God, if we don't put that in place, how are you ever going to grow? How are you ever going to be that, that river? Because that's exactly, that's a great uh, metaphor, the river. We're Christians, we're rivers. We're not reservoirs. In, right. If we don't get that, and you're going to just you're going to become a stinky pond, even as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important we we understand the difference between objectivity and subjectivity, and never forget we are the subject of that relationship, and God is the object of that relationship. And if we can understand and maintain that relationship, in the sense of the uh, the contrast of what that is, but better yet, the tension of what that is, so that then we can live in our purpose, because without Two of them, you'll never live in the purpose uh, of God that he gave you or designed you in. If you don't go out and look for that design, how are you ever going to know what it is? And then practice it. Okay, so in that you mentioned uh, four things, data, yes. uh, information, knowledge, and wisdom. So let's go there for a little bit. And, and in visiting before we started recording mm -hmm. today, uh, you called that, I think, the, the wisdom pyramid. Yeah, that's what I call it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so talk about those four things and how they work together and, and kind of what that process is when it comes to gaining wisdom. Okay, let's start from the bottom of the pyramid, data, right? Because when we, we, we live in our experiences, there's data all over the place. Now, when I say data as a human being, we live with our six senses. Now, the five senses we understand, the sixth sense being intuition. We all have that. But what are we doing throughout our day, our experience? We're, like a computer, collecting 
like data like johnny five in short circuit <laughs> yes perfect yeah <laughs> since we're on a movie thing input yes uh <laughs> input and data is constantly coming in and and so we're collecting all of this data uh through our five senses and then also through our intuition which is part of feelings and part of uh, some other things that are working there in the sense of uh, the energy outside of us and inside of us but that data is being collected together uh, so that we can uh, we can um, uh, do something with it. Now the issue is at this point because we're not outside of anything, we tend to assume <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what this data is, and we think we know and understand, and we really don't. We might have a little bit of understanding through, uh, let's say, our teachings, our, our different relationships, and our experiences. But we've got to get outside of ourselves. This is where nature, this is the book of creation comes in and start pulling things together so that it becomes then, can I say clumps of information? And if you know computers, you understand what that means because you've got to organize that data somehow, right? So I'm seeing it like a, let's say a thousand piece puzzle and you don't know what the picture is going to be. You just see all the puzzle pieces and you're, that's the data and you're trying to yes. figure out what the picture is just by looking at this big jumbled up yeah. mess of pieces. Yeah, and with that, imagine not having any reference point in right. the sense of the picture. You know, you buy the, the puzzle and it's got a beautiful picture. But take that away and you have no idea what this, this um, picture or this puzzle is going to create. Right. Well, of course, we know how to bring that picture in with Jesus, but with, with continuing this conversation, uh, what happens is, a good analogy again, is we do assume what that picture is. And typically, it's uh, based on mommy or daddy or education or something that is uh, an object outside of them, but it's not high enough in the sense of God. And so what happens is we assume the facts or we, we put those things together based on our culture, based on our gender, based on... Uh, let's say, uh, I know I'm missing something there, uh, our age, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that would be, history. So, yeah, that's data, right? Raw data, okay. But then we get to uh, information, right? And, and information is exactly what I just shared. It's, uh, good night. It's just now going back to your puzzle, you're starting to put that, that data together and something's starting to form, right? Uh, and, uh, and and it can be um you under uh, not understanding n- knowledge is that but you're starting to you're see starting that to there's some meaning yeah informed and and you know that's exactly what we do at the church we inform the mind we we give you some information hopefully to form some type of picture in in the mind's eye where you can see it in in the subjective in your subjective self so that you can see it because without seeing it you're never going to get to knowledge or to wisdom and so yeah we inform the mind with uh now data that's going to connect the dots and that forms information and then of course then we get to knowledge right and what is knowledge now knowledge is interesting because it it can be facts it's information and or it can be can i say this Skills that are acquired okay, uh, by a person through their experiences or education, whatever that might be. Uh, so at that point, it becomes theoretical in nature, right? Uh, ideas, uh, or it can become practical in the sense of understanding of a subject, right? And, and that's the one thing. That's what we're trying to do is gain knowledge. Because gaining knowledge is you do have understanding. Mm-hmm. But there's a huge problem with that if 
you don't become a practitioner with that knowledge. Because knowledge, uh, you, can, you can throw yourself in a classroom, in a lab, and, and or you can be the greatest investigator in the world uh, and, and come up with knowledge and even facts and information and all that. But until you put it in practice, I mean, you're literally having, having activity with that theoretical information, beliefs, and all that stuff. Uh, you're never going to experience wisdom, insight for living. You have to uh, live it out in the sense of our faith is living out the wisdom of God. But you have to go through a process to really understand, uh, to get to that point of where uh, you're living now through insight of God, through that perspective, and developing your character through Jesus, where now you're producing uh, the fruits of the Spirit where other people get to experience you, and when they do, they get to collect that information and then have knowledge and understanding so that they can get insight and they, in return, can live in wisdom. So you have to, it's, it's, it happens quick oftentimes, but sometimes it's very slow once you get to the point of knowledge because you can be a know-it-all and, and your life reflects uh, something other than God or, or that, that expectation uh, of being like Jesus, and you're not going to be effective in the faith at all because you're not showing, you're not living, you're, you're not being wise in your own belief system. Or as we say where I grew up in eastern Nebraska, you don't have the common sense of a June bug. That's right. <laughs> and that's a good way to put it because, again, a lot of people have a lot of knowledge. I know a lot of preachers. I know a lot of people that have gone through uh, schooling, uh, PhDs, doctorates, uh, all kind, but they have no wisdom. Oh, they're the smartest people in the room, very intelligent. But when they're not truly living it out and uh, they're just getting up on Sunday morning and, and preaching it and not the model of what this is in the sense of the brokenness in my subjectivity because I'm not Jesus but I am doing all I can in the brokenness of this world so I can gain knowledge so I can live it out so I can be a model so then not only am I informing I'm instructing and then I'm influencing people as well because uh, without a shadow of a doubt there's a lot of people that are informing other people with their opinions perhaps facts knowledge uh, they're even instructing, giving steps, but them themselves, are they living it out? They're not practicing what they preach. So let me go back to James 1.5 then, okay. where we started. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So is, is what you're saying then that we do our part by gaining knowledge and, yes. and putting it in place, and then God takes that when we ask and begins to turn it into wisdom. Yeah. So wisdom, let me, let me kind of clarify that. Wisdom is qualifying your experience as a human being as being knowledgeable, but with good judgment that then you live out and people then you show people through your life, not just through your words or whatever information you have, so that you can show that you can show what it means of being wise. And boy, when you get to that point, people are drawn to you. Mm -hmm. uh, if the model is, uh, is God, the object of your faith, and then you have that character in place in the sense of Jesus, and you're, you're literally living this out. Now, with the imperfect human being, Jesus was perfect. But with the imperfect human being like you and I, John, that's where forgiveness comes in. 
are we truly forgiven? I can teach you all day what forgiveness is, but when I see your life, are you truly forgiving? Are you forgiving? Uh, what, 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 what's the number? The, the formula is seven times 70. 70. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's on one given offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you really living it out? Are you a picture of that? Are you showing? Are you a wise person? Because people will then learn, because people learn by what they see. Boy, if you don't understand that, you don't understand how a child or a baby learns. Right. Uh, right. Because that's exactly how we're designed going out back to the objective side of this conversation is does not nature itself tell you exactly how it works? Well, people in their immature in the sense of their faith must see it. And then they are drawn to that. Now, if selfishness and the subjective side becomes your kind of your world and then you're broken – and you agree with that brokenness and it feels really good, you're going to go out there and then you're going to find people like you so that you can develop your little world subjectively. And then you're going to say, this is God and everything's broken. Everything is sin. Everything is becoming worse. You're a greasy rag, but yet you call it good. Mm-hmm. And what we call good, God says, bad. I can't remember. It's in Isaiah is that, you know, come on, folks. We got to understand there's two sides to our faith and then we have to understand not necessarily you don't have to be all-knowing about you know the pyramid of wisdom uh, but if you're going to be a teacher and or preacher uh, I would suggest you understand kind of how that works uh, because if not then you're just kind of shooting at the wind and you have no target and you'll miss the mark because we're not becoming more wise we're becoming more sinful in who we are because we don't understand objective uh, we don't have an objective understanding or a general revelation in how that works, especially after we become a Christian. Because oftentimes people say, all we need is Jesus, and the objective aspect of the faith happened uh, when uh, you know I became a Christian, and now it's just me and Jesus. Ah, Jesus never said that. Right. It's me, uh, it's Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit in, in the sense of the effectiveness of our faith. If that's not evident, you got some work to do. Let's put this puzzle together because uh, the picture, the reference point for us in that puzzle, going back to what you said, John, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. And his father's business was uh, designing you in who he needs you to be to fulfill his purpose so that then you can be become a masterpiece in that purpose where we're becoming better and better and we're growing in our potential until we're face-to-face with God. Uh, and until that happens, we're going to be uh, objective and growing and sanctification will be our reality and we're becoming more better because we're more better together, right, uh, in our faith until uh, that day comes, the second coming of Jesus, or when we take our last breath, we're face-to-face objectively with God the Father, subjectively with God the Son, with all the fruit, if you will, of the Spirit in the sense of who you were practically and spiritually and emotionally and mentally, everything that that is. Well, as I think of wisdom, Drake, obviously it's a very important topic or subject to God because it is mentioned so often in the Bible, um, going all the way back to King Solomon when when uh, God said, ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he asked for wisdom yes. rather than riches. And he said, because mm-hmm. you asked for wisdom, I'll give you all the rest of this too. And, you know, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And, and 
I had a few verses here that I found as I was preparing for today, and I wanted to kind of uh, throw some of these in there and then uh, maybe talk a little bit about the importance of wisdom from that aspect. And um, Proverbs 4.1 says, uh, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction, mm-hmm. pay attention and gain understanding or wisdom. Yes. Uh, Proverbs 4.5, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. I love this one. Just a couple verses later, verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Obviously, Drake, it's very important. Very important. So important. It's actually the first verse in my book. Right. <laughs> uh, and and how important is it to understand? There's the word, right? Out of Proverbs 4, 7. Uh, the, the actual meaning behind that verse. Whatever it costs. People, are you listening? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when it comes to our our selfishness isn't it amazing how we'll go whatever it costs i'll get whatever gratification i need uh to fulfill that desire or that interest or uh whatever and, and a good example is you know we're going through this training at church and it, and it costs about 700 dollars uh when it comes to this cost whatever it costs well that's that seems like a lot of money for three classes right uh, but we're putting it in place for wisdom because we want you to understand who you are in the design and how God created you. Design, not functionality. We'll take care of that, the church, with the character of Christ and all that. But we've, we put some, some funds into that. And as we're developing this class, how many people came to me and saying, oh, it's too much. I can't do it because I don't have the money. But it's interesting, though, John, you talked to some of these people, and I knew their experience, how much money they put into, uh, let's say, going uh, on vacation. Now, vacation's important, but they're willing to put four or $5,000 into a vacation for 10 days. Uh, in this case, sit uh, on a pool, at a pool, on a boat that sits on the ocean filled with water and you're willing to give everything that you have for that little experience which is great because we need it but you're willing to put five six thousand dollars but then we came back and said hey we have this class that's going to help you give you some information some knowledge and uh and help you get to wisdom in who you are and in your relationships with god and, and it's going to cost a little bit because we got to bring an expert in and pay all of it and 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 it was a struggle <laughs> But again, uh, where's your priority? Uh, Do you truly want to be a person of wisdom? If you want to be a person, let me give you key. Here's the key, folks. You have to learn to love learning. Not only do you have to love learning, I mean objective learning. Mm -hmm. Not learning like Pavlov's dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just in passing, you have to seek God's kingdom and learn. But there's one thing if you miss, you're going to stay in the knowledge aspect of all of this rather than wisdom. What is that? You have to be willing to learn and apply so that you can improve, so that you become better and you become more and more of that masterpiece in how God designed you. And you have to have uh, you have to have that same desire that God has, that same interest Uh, that same hope not in everything that makes you feel good but everything that makes god feel that you're a person after god's own heart 
as Dave, David was, King David. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's a lot I just said there because that road is so narrow in the Christian faith. I can't tell you how many people are like, ah, you know, I really don't like learning. I really don't like reading. Uh, you know, my, my feelings, my subjective feelings, my subjective self tells me this, so I'm going to interpret life based on that subjective reality, and that's God speaking to me because I know uh, in, in, in who I am, I wouldn't feel that if God didn't want me to feel that's that. That's the way God made me. That's the way God made me. And then we use blame, and we blame God for not being a person after God's own heart. The whole point of becoming a Christian is being born again, changing your perspective, and then changing your desires to God's desires, changing your interests to God's interests. And why is that? Because he knows better, because in the long run, just like when you invest a penny when you're five years old for the rest of your day, he there's going to be wisdom on the other side of that that's going to make you a millionaire uh, in that intrinsic paycheck, that fulfillment that you're looking for. He knows it. He's better than I, so let's let's lean into being a being people after God's own heart. We have just a minute or two left, but I thought of something you were talking about learning and then applying, which then leads to being able to influence, yes. which is fulfilling the great commandment or the great commission rather of uh, going out and, and spreading the word. Yeah, you're actually doing now the work of Jesus and in the response in the role and the responsibility of the church. Mm-hmm. And then we are developing and growing together uh, throughout time, where then again we we step into eternity however that happens uh and and we get to be exactly where adam and eve were face to face in the garden with god and then we're just going to grow and develop exactly like this in heaven Uh, we're just not going to sit there on our hands and going i'm kind of bored up here i'm done singing harp (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) no Uh, everything will transfer uh, of course to heaven Oh, and that's a whole nother topic about the world's <laughs> view of what heaven is going to be like. That's yeah. right. Anyway, it's not clouds and playing <laughs> a harp. Sorry. But uh, very fascinating stuff. And hopefully those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, hopefully you're feeling a little bit of a challenge to begin uh, learning and growing and and asking God for wisdom through the knowledge that you're gaining. So, uh, Drake, what a what an awesome time today, and I appreciate it very much. And uh, as we continue to grow in our wonderfully weird uh, Christian life, uh, what a great uh, uh, topic here of wisdom. Well, thank you for pulling on my heartstrings, and then we get to think through this, where we really get to put it all together and become better for God. We will be back together again next week with another wonderfully weird topic, so please plan on joining us then. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.